0: Amen. Well, hello and welcome again, and uh, welcome if you're one of the people who'll be watching uh, online this week, because you couldn't make it, um, either because you don't live in Cheltenham, or you couldn't get past the, uh, the half marathon. Just uh, in case you didn't see it, uh, I won in a personal best time, and uh, managed to get here to preach as well. So, oh no, we're meant to be a church family with integrity, aren't we? Sorry, that's not true. I came second. Um, so the astronaut. Sally uh, Ride said, all adventures, just imagine this from an astronaut saying it, all adventures into new territory are scary and uh, we are going into some new territory as a, as a church family. It's a bit, of a bit of a new season if you're joining us uh, here. Welcome if you've been around for a while. Going into a, a, a new season. We were looking at Isaiah 43 which, uh, where God speaks through the prophet Isaiah and uh, many of us know the, the verse where God commands his people to see the new thing and I was sharing a couple of weeks ago that's because uh, actually Isaiah wants us to remember the past and uh, enjoy the, the promises that come from the past and the assurance that comes from the past but God absolutely wants us to live in the present and in, in, in the future and so we're embracing this new season and we're doing it um, with, a, with a vision. So today we're on All In for the World. Jonathan's putting that up. And then here's this little graphic, um, just the three elements of, of being all in that we're grouping our thinking around for this chapter. We're focusing on all in with God, all in with each other and, and all in for the world. And I want to say a little bit about, about the third of those. Um, I hope you know, you hope you've heard me say that our mission purpose, let's, let's just again put that up for them. Thank you, Jonathan, so much. Uh, our mission purpose doesn't change. This is the enduring reason why Trinity exists. And by the way, of course, it's the very thing that if we didn't fulfill, then maybe God wouldn't want us to, to remain. There is no guarantee There is no birthright for any individual church. I've said before, the church of Jesus Christ will be here on the last day. But any individual church, the question is around obedience. And that's our our enduring mission purpose, to make committed followers of Jesus who change communities and nations for him. That's not going to change however the vision might change. I say that because sometimes people tell me that that's the vision. It isn't the vision. That's our mission enduring purpose. But our vision, is the, que- it, the question is, what shape does God want us to be? What's he calling us to, to, to be now? I like this quote by Chris Vallotton. Vision is the bridge between the present and the future. Can we just thanks, Jonathan? Vision is the bridge between the present and the future. It's kind of like the next, the next step. And we're asking that question and we're doing it and asking the question and thinking about it, as I say. Delighting in everything that God has already done in our church family, but saying, "Okay, God, what's our focus for this particular season? And that brings us back again to that little graphic, those three kind of hubs. I'll be saying a little bit more about this next week. It's easy for us as Christians to get confused with the way that the world talks about vision. In business life or in a school or many of the environments in which we work, vision is used in a way that the Bible doesn't use vision. When the Bible talks about vision, the Bible is talking about obedience to God. The Bible is talking about being shaped and formed. By the presence of God. And yes, God gives priorities. God gives specific things that he wants us to focus on. But that's not the same as a, a worldly sense of vision as a, as a slogan. Vision as a, a simple summing up. It's not quite there. Someone has really well said, I think, that the, the, the purpose of any church family, the vision of any church family is, is simply obedience to God. It's, it's when we meet with our Father in heaven, it's just being able to respond, yes, did, did you do the things that I asked you to do? And everything else is just tactics, really, along that, along that road. And the thing is, only God brings, brings growth, doesn't he? Only God is the one that can actually... Take whatever we do and use it for his purposes. Really, actually, church vision should always simply be about health. Are we healthy as a church family? And the the three hubs of our vision are just about that, really. About a healthy balance. About, as, as Hills was sharing A couple of weeks ago, all in with God is about our hunger, first and foremost for God. As Tim and David were sharing last week, all in with each other is is around the one another's of the Bible. Do we love one another and care for one another in the way that that Jesus has modelled for us? And then all in for the world, do we have the same heart for God's world as God has for his own worlds. We've been sort of uh, traveling around some verses from Acts 2 42 47. Let's put them up again and, and just, why don't we just read these together? Why don't you just stand if you're able to? And let's just read these verses together. You know, as I say, I think everything that we might come up with as a leadership or as a church family in terms of clever statements and stuff is just tactics around how we're progressing next with this, this early church which was not perfect. This is not a perfect church being described, but this is what a community of faith looks like when it's filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's read together. every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. If you want me to put a metric. You know, if you want a KPI, if you want to know what I think will happen if we're being healthy, the Lord will add daily to our number. When we're growing by at least 365 a year, then I'll ask the Lord what the next bit of the vision might be. Take a seat. So let these verses describe to us not a perfect community of faith. Do they David last week was talking about that occasion we, we hear here recorded in Acts chapter 5 where uh, two people try and mislead God. They they try and lie effectively to God. Ananias and Sapphira it's not a perfect community being described. But what does it look like when God's people say, in this season, God, in this chapter, God, in in line with the overall mission, purpose that you've given us. What does it look like for us to be filled by the Holy Spirit, to have that, that hunger for God first and foremost, that passion for his name? What does it look like? To be devoted to each other. You heard those words. What does it look like to share in common? And what does it look like to be the kind of community that the Lord will trust to add daily to its number? What does it look like to be a community that is so in for the world that people are attracted to that community when it gathers, but also to the members of that community when they're scattered. Did you notice that they were known for their love? That was clearly deeply attractive to others. They, they were public, they met in public spaces, they, they met in their homes, but they also met daily daily in the temple courts. That was a very public space. And they enjoyed the favour of all the people. You may not know that This kind of community that's being described in Acts chapter 2 is something that Greek writers, writers of this time, wrote about a lot. It was a a public aspiration, it was a, a community aspiration to find community and live together in this kind of harmony. People were hungry and looking for this kind of belonging. Perhaps more of us would know that what's being described as this kind of quality of community, this quality of society that's then deeply attractional to others, fills the pages of the Old Testament. Community, hospitality, justice, generosity, meaning, wisdom. The presence of God. As I I say that, you, you know that's what our families and our friends, our work colleagues. That's what our nation is desperately looking for as well, isn't it? Hospitality, justice, generosity, meaning, wisdom. The presence of God. It's important that we recognise our our context. Here's just a slide which just summarises a few things. Can I just make one caution? Sometimes people say we live in a time of change as if if it's new. Mm -mm, Just not true. Every age there's massive change. But in the digital age, the gap between communication and and messages being heard and received has massively shortened. So it might be true to say that the pace of change has changed. And as Christians, we're now operating from the centre of life, are we? We're operating from the edge. We're a minority, not a majority, we're, we're one of many voices and many options. We live in a, in a market where there are consumers and there's certainly no obligation to come to church or be part of a church community. And so we're called again to be pioneers, aren't we? Not settlers. Settlers. By the way, in the world, 84% of people have some kind of religious affiliation. So this is a European, a British context in particular. Culture doesn't ask for permission to change, it just does. And if you don't reflect that, well then you become irrelevant or you, you just die out. Perhaps you've heard it said before that a scientist working for Kodak, which doesn't exist anymore, actually invented the first digital camera. And the bosses of Kodak said, it will never catch on. Our business is producing photographs through negatives. And so we're called to be a movement of people. Here's my wild salmon again. Perhaps you've noticed it before. A wild salmon, a mission movement. Structure and and, and gathering still is important. A, a body needs a skeleton to support it. A a garden needs hard landscaping. A a lovely climbing rose needs a a trellis on the wall. So structure is important. I actually personally believe that that buildings are important to our mission. I do believe they're part of God's mission purpose for, for us. I mean, it would be a waste not to invest in the roof. We've invested quite a lot in this building already. But if this building is a hub, If this this building is a resource to serve our mission, if this building is not what it's about, then it's important to us. But to be a mission movement, wild salmon, not farmed. And a guy called Alan Hirsch has come up with a little list. We'll just put them up again on the screen, moving. Quite quickly this morning, but just here's a few features of a a mission movement. They won't be new to you because when we see the new thing, we're remembering the past. We're remembering everything that God has invested into this church family already, focused on Jesus as Lord in everything. Disciple making, you heard that in our mission statement, making committed followers. But both attractional, yeah, drawing people in. It was great that the comedy night had 170 people in it this week. It was great that there were 60 women in, in Fueled yesterday. It was great that, that 45, 50 young adults wanted to get locked into the building last week after the evening celebration because they wanted to carry on doing community stuff. So annoying when people want to do worship and stuff long into the night, isn't it? It's, we, part of who we are is attractional. But we also are to be sending and that's a a mission movement they met in their homes and in the temple courts. The full scope of ministry needs to be realised. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers and shepherds a ministry that we all share together. Systems need to be organic and creative. Most of all spirit filled and spirit led. And of course, it's entirely in line, isn't it, with our our mission purpose. We've been bought at a price. Scripture tells us, 1 Corinthians 6.20. We've been rescued from sin, says Paul in Romans, to serve God. 2 Corinthians 5.20. We are Christ's ambassadors. Ambassadors represent, don't they, their, their sovereign nature, nation, And we are called to represent our King. Gathered and scattered. In both ways. To represent what it looks like to be filled by the Holy Spirit. Not perfect. That picture in Acts 2 is not an idealised picture of perfection. Remember what I've said about Ananias and David took us there, didn't he? But what does it mean to be a people with, as Hills was saying, a hunger for God? What does it mean to be a people That are are wanting and desiring to be all in with each other. This is what makes us ambassadors. This is what makes us attractive to others. This is what people are looking for. This allows us to be all in for the world. And so we do it in word and deed, don't we? We we run Transform ministries, we, we gather guys together, men and women together for a meal during the week. We, we have alpha courses, we have life groups that I pray also exactly reflect these three hubs to be healthy. You want your life group to grow? Well then be all in with God, all in with each other and all in for the world. That's really it. I'd love it to feel cleverer. I'd love to be able to give you a 15-point talk on how to reach your friends. I'd actually really love it to be able to give you a much slicker vision statement. But I can't. Because God hasn't given me those things. I think God just says be healthy be healthy and i will add to your number i will bring the growth yeah put some trestles up do some hard landscaping work in the garden it's it's work But I will make it green and fruitful. You cannot. Isn't that liberating? Isn't that wonderfully, wonderfully, wonderfully liberating? That the things that God wants us to be known for as Trinity Cheltenham. The things that will connect with a desperate hope in our culture and our society—a a culture and society that's torn apart—are things we actually have right in our hands now. We we can exercise hospitality. We we can invite people for meals we we could give them a chocolate bar we we can already be generous we don't need any clever strategy to help us think about that do we we can we can ask god to help us love one another more than we already do it's right here in our hands It's what, it's what a world wants and needs. I, I've said before, I really hope you have a sense of yourself being appointed as a chaplain at the school gate. As a, as a chaplain, an ambassador, a, a minister of reconciliation in your office. In your family. In your street and neighbourhood. That, that's God's commissioning for each one of us to be hospitable, to be generous, to love and to speak of the presence of God. Some of you may have noticed there's a rugby tournament going on. And through gritted teeth, I just want to say, well done, Wales. (laughs) When I played rugby a long, long time ago, I know there's plenty of people in the room who don't like sporting analogy, but hopefully it will work. I may have told you, when I played rugby a long, long time ago, it was the world's perfect game because there was a position for every size, height, you know, in the team. It wasn't everyone was six foot three. If you were short, fat and hairy, there was a position for you. It was called being a prop. You just used to sort of trundle around the field and lean against people every now and again. You'd lean against someone for a while over here and then you'd work out the ballers over there and then you'd trundle along and you'd lean against the people over there. It was great and after 80 minutes of leaning against people, you'd be thoroughly covered in mud and you could have a drink. But there was one match I was playing in and I was in the middle of leaning against a whole load of other people. And something unheard of in those days, now normal, but unheard of in those days, I got the ball. <laughs> this was clearly a mistake. And I got the ball and then suddenly I popped out of the mall, the leaning against each other bits, I popped out on the opposition side. I kind of got sort of spurted out and kind of... And then, This is unheard-of territory. I have not been trained. So I just start running towards... And all the opposition team had lined up on the side. They assumed the ball was going to come out their way, go down the three-quarter line over here. And I was completely on my own, ill-equipped for this purpose. And I can so clearly remember running as fast as my little short legs would take me it was a blur, I felt. <laughs> and just as I was about to get to the line, and glory was going to be upon me, I was, I was getting ready to do a swoop, dive. Actually, it was called falling over. But I got caught on the line and tackled. I didn't score a try. Thank you. But I still love that moment, (laughs) my moment of glory. I don't know, do you ever feel, as a Christian in the world, scattered, a bit like an illiquid prop? Grasping this rugby ball of the gospel, the good news of Jesus, desperately trying to run for some try line over there and the three quarters, the fast ones, are coming down on you. Well, that is what it will feel like if we don't ask God, the Holy Spirit, to fill us. When you ask God to fill you, when you let the Holy Spirit fill you, it's all in his hands. Nicky, would you just come and read for us from the uh, message version of Romans 12, please?
1: So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. Your sleeping Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. I'm speaking to you out of deep gratitude for all that God has given me and especially as I have responsibilities in relation to you. Living then, as every one of you does, in pure grace, it's important that you not misinterpret yourselves as people who are bringing this goodness to God. No, God brings it all to you. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what he does for us, not by what we are and what we do for him. If you preach, just preach God's message, nothing else. If you help, just help, don't take over. If you teach, stick to your teaching. If you give encouraging guidance, be careful that you don't get bossy. If you're put in charge, don't manipulate. If you're called to give aid to people in distress, keep your eyes open and be quick to respond. If you work with a disadvantaged, don't let yourself get irritated with them or depressed by them keep a smile on your face.
0: There's so much more that could be said out of that passage, of course, but I hope, like me, you feel liberated just to hear God's word put into those kinds of words. Just... Be you, be you filled with God, filled with the Holy Spirit in, in our everyday lives. Have a confidence that we already have what people are so desperate for. I was really sad with myself this week. I, uh, I came across one of those um, really funny, you might even see me do it, really funny um, little things where someone's taken the words of Boris Johnson and um, attached them to a song. They've, someone's got far too much time. <laughs> and I thought it was really funny, and it, it is really funny, but I retweeted it and I wish I hadn't. Genuinely funny. But actually, afterwards, I thought, you know, has that added anything? Has that added a single fibre of goodness to what's going on in Brexit at the moment? The answer, of course, no. No, it's okay. God's forgiven me. But I have asked Him to help me tweak better things in the future. That's pretty every day. But I think it's what it's about. Just saying, God, how could I tweet a God-filled something? Acts two forty-two to 47 is not an impossible ideal. It's what real people look like when they let God fill them. And other people love it the Lord will add daily to that kind of community. If you're able to, would you like to stand? Every single one of the things that uh, Paul described in Romans are gifts which are shared by the whole of God's people. It's never just one person or group of people up the front. It's never, he's not describing the job description for those in ordained ministry. He's saying these are, these are our gifts. If you preach, just preach God's message. I'm wondering who, who the Holy Spirit is just speaking to, just nudging. I'm wondering who the Holy Spirit is just saying, yep, yeah, yeah, that's you. Preaching in the sense of declaring the gospel of, of, of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ. If that's you, then do nothing else. If you help, if you're a helper, just help, don't take over. Is that your gifting? Is that what the Holy Spirit is saying to you? Yes. If you teach, if you're someone who's called to explain and to teach more about and to share wisdom, share God's wisdom. (coughs) And that's God's wisdom for the whole of life, not just the Sunday bits stick to your teaching. If you give encouraging guidance, be careful that you don't get bossy. If you're put in charge, so this is leadership in every sphere, don't manipulate. If you're called to give aid to people in distress, keep your eyes open. And be quick to respond. If you work with the disadvantaged, don't let yourself get irritated with them or depressed by them. Keep a smile on your face. Holy Spirit, we invite you. Invite you, you're already speaking, you have been speaking. You don't, you don't do it on our command, but if we open ourselves to you and invite for a, a greater hearing, a greater seeing, a greater understanding in your gentleness and grace, you, you come. So come, please, Holy Spirit, we do invite you. We do say yes, please. We do say yes, please. We say we want to be filled by you. We say we want to be a, a community that is marked out by love and generosity and hospitality and wisdom. And Holy Spirit, we say yes. We say I. I want to be someone filled. Filled with all those good things. And I want to overflow I want you to overflow from me into the lives of others, so would you please come, holy Spirit i have no idea how this resonates with with really anyone in the room, but um, I'm just inviting just perhaps be brave enough uh, if you're not used to this. We absolutely believe the presence of God is here with us and it's all about him and his power. If, if you would just want to just pop a hand up, if just some, you, you're not going to have to say what, but just something God is speaking to you about who you are, about how he wants you to serve in mission. Maybe there's a specific thing, you know, and I don't mean just in church, scattered and gathered. Could you just be brave enough just to raise a hand? I'm going to ask the people around you just to pray for you. If you're willing to do that. Is God just speaking? There's a couple of hands going up. Just can you just, if you see a hand, can you just, you don't need to ask the people. Please, in fact, don't ask them. Just pray. Just say, Holy Spirit, whatever you, you, you're the one speaking. Hand at the back, I can see. Maybe one's up in the top, I can't see because of the lights. But just pop a hand up. There's one far right over there. Just please have a look around. We're just going to do ministry this way this morning for a moment or two. We're going to be God's people together, all in it together. So if God's saying something to you about being filled and overflowing in this kind of way, just pop a hand up. Maybe you want to live a different way in a working situation or in your family. Holy Spirit, would you come? Holy Spirit, would you come? There's time time before we have to go and collect children. So Holy Spirit, just come. I think God might have been prompting some, some really stirrings about things that people would like to do. I think particularly when I sort of said the bit about disadvantage, working with the disadvantage, there's one or two people here who would love to be doing that. You're not feeling that you are able to at the moment. So you might just want to be saying... Please, God, show me how, what that might look like. Holy Spirit, would you come? Holy Spirit, would you come? And if you're not praying for anyone individually, we just pray for us as Trinity. Just Tim encouraged us to pray for Alpha. Just, just pray for us. To be more love-filled, to be more generous, more hospitable. To be speaking wisdom and meaning into into a world of Brexit and all else. Just, Just pray. Let's just pray. Come Holy Spirit. That's all you have to pray. Come Holy Spirit. Fill your church, fill your people. Again, we've got this Alpha Course on Thursday. You just might want to keep praying into that for a moment or two longer as Tim invited us. But please make it gathered and scattered. Alpha Course is and out there this week. Come Holy Spirit. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Holy Spirit, would you come, have your way in your church again. Help us to see the new things that you're doing. Help us to be the people that you want us to be. Let's sing this song to to send us out with together as God's family. If you want prayer for any specific, particular things this morning, we'd also love to pray with people afterwards at the front of church. We pray for healings in this church. We pray for those in any sense of need. But we also want to pray for commissioning of new things But it just feels right to finish corporately singing and then there'll be time to go and get our lovely children sharing tea and coffee over the road. And as I say, come to the
1: front if you've got a particular prayer request this morning. But let's sing.